0: Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Today is January the 11th, and we're here in the Bible reading plan. Remember reading one chapter a day, which has been fun because we're able to stop and look at it and understand a little bit more about what's being said. So join me today as I read out of the New International Version. We'll be reading Luke chapter 9. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all the demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, Take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, Leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who, then, is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethesda. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them, and spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We have only five loaves of bread and two fish unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed, and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher! I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men but they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him, because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem, And he sent messengers on ahead, who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him, because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. This concludes our reading of Luke chapter 9. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So, this is another great chapter, which, yes, I am going to say after every chapter we read, because the truth is, It's all great material, but today is a specifically unique story that many people just don't understand, including myself, and it's the Transfiguration. So let me give you a few thoughts about it, and I'll do my best to help you understand some of the reason that it's in here for us to read. This was Jesus showing his full glory so that a handful of his close inner circle disciples could understand who he really is. Remember, they were looking for a Messiah who would help them reign in victory. And he had just told them that he was going to be put to death. He predicted his own death in front of them all. So they had to have been wondering how is he the Messiah and yet he's going to die? It just didn't make sense. So Jesus brings them up the mountain. And while they are there, Peter, John, and James witness this crazy event. They're there while Jesus is praying, and as they were dozing off, they were quickly brought back to alertness as Jesus was standing there in his full glory, and right beside him on either side was Moses and Elijah. Now Moses represents the law, and so everything that God had spoken and put on the tablets, he delivered to Moses. So in this moment, they're being reminded that God had a specific plan and a way for people to go about things, and Moses stood there as a representation of the Old Covenant, the things that God had put in place in order to create a holy people. And now, as the glory of God falls on them, just like it did on Moses, Jesus' face is transformed, just like Moses' was, and His clothes become as bright as flashes of lightning. This is showing them that Jesus not only existed in the past, but he represents that covenant law. He represents the only thing that will make the people holy again. And then there's Elijah. Elijah represents the prophets, everything that was said about the one who would come. And so right there in front of Peter, John, and James, Jesus is showing them how he existed through eternity, how he was there as the law, and how he is the words of the prophets come to life. This was a moment of revelation for these guys to understand that Jesus is who he says he is. Now, we get to hear about this from them later. James didn't necessarily write about this, but let me tell you what John says. John 1.14 He starts this gospel by saying, We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only. This is John's reference to what he witnessed. But Peter also, in 2 Peter 1, verses 16 through 18, says, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. So both of these guys had an experience where they understood that this is the one and only true Son of God. Not only that, it was revelation to them that the full glory of God existed inside of Jesus. And in turn, Jesus always existed inside the glory of God. That's throughout all of eternity. So this was a moment of showing them Jesus' full divinity. And it was done so that one day when Luke would come by and ask these guys their understanding of what happened with Jesus, they would tell him this story, and then this story would align with the Gospels and with Peter, and you and I would understand that Jesus was fully God, that though he was here in a present era in time, he existed throughout eternity, and he carries and carried the full glory of God. For that reason, we can honor him not just as our Savior but as our King, our Lord, and the true Son of the living God. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you, and God bless.